This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good near of Shabbos. Delighted to be with you. And especially because it is an amazing time. The month before us, so full, nurturing, incredibly, incredibly uplifting. And now? And so we're going to have a look. At the Parsha of last week, the Parsha of this week, each of which gives us a sense of direction and of focus. So what happened last week? Last week, the world was created by Hashem. Bereishis boro elikim, eis hashomayim ve'eis ha'oretz. He created everything brand new. And of course... There was a purpose. Any one of us who does something, certainly when we take time and effort to invest our energies into something important, it's because there's a purpose. We're expressing ourselves. We're creating something. And it gives us a sense of satisfaction. When we do something well, gives us a great sense of satisfaction when it's challenging to achieve, when it seems like this would be a really challenging one, and then we achieve it. Wow, the sense of satisfaction. And our sages tell us that God created the world for a purpose. And not only did he create it for a purpose, but that at every moment, he continues to create. He's constantly ever involved. He's here. And what he started then, he never stopped doing. For God created the world from nothingness. And he said, let there be. And he brought creation into being from nothingness. And he continues to do that. And his word, the energy that he gives the world and each one of us and everything in the world is its life force. It makes it from nothing into something. So he's always here. And he directs things. The world, the way he directs it, is not only with a purpose and an intention, but the individual activities, occurrences, Everything that happens in life is by exact divine providence. Nevertheless, God wanted a dwelling place in this nether world, in the world of Teva, of nature, which is a God-made creation, but where he is hidden so that man can have free choice. Well, we've just come from the month of Tishrei, Tishrei, from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur, through Sukkot, Hoshana Rabba, Shmini Atzeres, and Simchas Teira. A month, a month in the palace, a month in the spa, a spa for the soul. Imagine going to a spa. Every treatment is focused on renewal. You're going to get fixed. 
You're going to get realigned. Everything's going to be cleared, shining afterwards. Your digestion, your skin and your teeth and your hair, your eyes are going to reflect that there was a deep cleansing, not just a facial, but a deep cleansing. In other words, not just the veneer, but inside, everything's functioning so much better. Yes, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, etc. The heart, the mind, the soul became aligned. Everything had the possibility of getting into sync. Imagine going to a health farm. You go from one therapy to the next. You go to the chiropractor to line up your bones. You get acupuncture to clear the meridians of any blockages. Biokinetics, a dietitian, a nutritionist, some deep Chinese massage. They teach you deep breathing. You have some aqua aerobics, maybe even some CrossFit for those who are thus inclined. You want to deeply cleanse from the inside out. You want to clear the ears and the sinuses and go to the source of the blockages. You want to treat everything because if there's a scaling or dandruff, what's the cause? We want to get to the source of the blockages. If I've got an ingrown nail or a scab or my veins are sticking out, everything, if we from the inside begin to detox, everything comes into balance. This cleansing or healing or renewal or clearing in a spiritual sense is what we were able to achieve in the month of Tishrei. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Noyach, the first Shabbos, not in the month of Tishrei, the month that has Rosh Hashanah. It is the first Shabbos inside the new year, as it were. Well, not that Tishrei wasn't the new year, but there we were like in the palace of the king, being given treats, being taken care of. There was an immense energy of upliftment and inspiration in the air, even if you didn't get to shul that much. It's a very, very special month. The month of Tishrei, actually could spell out the word reshit without the aleph. The beginning and all beginnings are extremely invigorating, full of potential, full of promise. And we don't want to lose that momentum. So picture that we're on a journey. And we launched our journey by going to the health farm and we had every imaginable treatment to detoxify, to energize, to rest, to revigorate, to renew. And now with that deep cleansing, that reconnection 
to who we really are. We're in balance. We're in sync. It was a spiritual cleansing and clearing and reconnecting. The meridians are clear. The energy can flow. And now, our nishomas, our souls, so nurtured, need to engage in this physical world. We have to leave the spa, leave the palace, leave the soft life, as it were. But we are strongly spiritually healthy. We leave the farm, we've got to come back to the city. But we feel new, we feel young, we feel energized, we're ready to tackle life. Yep, we're ready. We're ready to make it a better year. We're ready to re-engage with our work, with society, with our spouses, with our children, with our friends, with our neighbors. We are ready to have a better year. There, on the farm, we resolved to form new health habits. We made resolutions. We were inspired. We felt the result of all of the treatments. And we were determined, and we're still determined, that this, is, this year is going to be like no other. We're going to hold on to the new insights, the new priorities, and above all, the practices that made us feel so good. Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur, the seventh month. That seven, which is in Hebrew, Sheva, shares a root with the word Sova. Sova means satisfied, satiated. It's called Chodesh Hamusbah Bakol, the month that is satiated, satisfied, filled with everything the entire spectrum of human interaction with Hashem and with others. Teshuva, coming back to who we really are, introspection, reflection, regret, resolution, connection to Hashem and to others, and then joy. That joy that comes from knowing that we have cleansed and we feel so energized and ready to put our energies into the purpose for which we were created. So back to creation, last week's parsha, which is always read in the week, where Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah come, which means at the end of the month of Tishrei is also the month in which we bless the new month of Cheshvan. And the new month of Cheshvan has no festivals. What a stark contrast. Here we're coming from the palace of the king, as if there were feasts and music, culture and art and paintings and intellect and all kinds of stimulating activities in an environment of beauty in the palace grounds of the king, Hashem himself. And now, 
in a sense, there's no choice. We have to journey on and we have to leave that place of light, beauty, inspiration. But there was a purpose, a purpose in being allowed, a purpose in being imbued by all of that incredible, incredible privilege. And that is we now need to illuminate all of creation, our personal lives, anyone with whom we come into contact, and everywhere we go. It has to do with people, time, and place. Wherever we go, whomever we encounter, at any time, we need to uplift, energize, inspire, and bring our best self there. For we are the bearers of Hashem's message. We were in another realm last month. There were different energies that Hashem just put into the month that we benefited from. We received soul gifts on every level. You know, sometimes when you have a treatment, it's a very deep treatment. And at the time, it's painful. So when I speak about how wonderful it was in Tishrei, it was a big effort. Hashem provided the festivals and the energy. But we all had to stretch. You know what the Balabostas were saying? Every day in Tishrei is either Shabbos or Yontif or Friday. Every day was a day that we had to give input Many prayers to pray, much food to prepare, many meals to serve, guests, thank God, a sukkah to build, and then a sukkah to dismantle, the four kinds to acquire, and then to bless them, and then to look for other people to whom we could help, with whom we could also bless the lulav and the etrog and give them this divine God-given mitzvah to do. It was a busy, busy, busy month. Those of us involved in community or running a community or helping to run a community, there was so much to do. Some treatments are very deep. And temporarily, they give discomfort, even pain. But why do we go for those deep massages or treatments? Because we want the result we dive into that cold pool because we know it will be good for us. And we actually are willing to endure and almost enjoy the discomfort because we know that this pain is helping us. You know, like in, in labor, this pain is getting you somewhere. So Hashem makes the month of Tishrei. And it always has a therapeutic of effect, whether you've gone to shul or not, a whole lot. But now, we've got to reflect on two things. Number one, depending on how much we participated, in other words, we went for the treatments and the exercises and drank the cleansing potions, and we worked with the therapist, that's how much we might feel energized and invigorated when we come off of the health farm. 
you know, when you challenge yourself and you work towards your goal, there's a sense of accomplishment when you complete the course. So on Rosh Hashanah, we prayed, and Yom Kippur, we fasted. And on Sukkot, we built a sukkah, and we ate in the sukkah and invited guests. We got the lulav and the etrog, and we blessed it. And we asked Hashem to bring us all of the blessings inherent in that practice. And eventually on Simcha's Torah, we rejoiced. We went that extra mile. We stretched. Each of us, according to our own ability and capacity and choice. And now, we need to step out of Tishrei. It's time to go back to our routines. And in the shtetl, there was a practice that on Shabbos Bereshis, last Shabbos, in the afternoon, the Shamas Volta Klap Gitonafuntish, he would bang on the table and he would announce the Yaakov Holach Ladarkoi. And the patriarch Jacob went on his way. It's a quote from the Torah, but it applies to each one of us. We are Jacob. And we need to now go on our way. And each one of us, by divine providence, has a different path, a different way. Each one of us has been sent down to this world for a particular mission, as well as a collective national mission. But we each have a corner of creation to perfect. The Yaakov Halach Ladarkoi. Each one of us, if we look at the word Yaakov, Yaakov is made up of two parts, Yud, a cave. A cave is the lowest part of the body, the heel, the part of the body that walks. Yud, number 10, refers to the 10 soul powers. We have to walk the walk. It's time to get immersed in the world, in our relationships, in our work, in our parenting, in our communities, and in anything and anyone that Hashem brings to us through His involvement and divine providence, which is everything. He directs the show. He has set the stage. Creation is the stage. We have to do our part. We are the actors. We're stepping out of the month of Tishrei. But we didn't leave Tishrei just as an experience. Picture someone going on a trip, they pack a suitcase. And it's essential that we examine all of the gifts, all of the experiences of the month of Tishrei, and pack them into big suitcases to take them with. Imagine the health farm. You were on certain vitamins. They gave you certain lectures. They used certain tools in the exercises. There was equipment. There were breathing techniques. We'd pack in the booklets and the vitamins and the exercise belts. We have to pack in all of the experiences of introspection, of joy, of prayer, of resolution, of returning and reconnecting with Hashem.
returning to our true selves. And you know what? In that suitcase, we have enough for the whole year. It's a suitcase from which we will continually take things out as we reflect on this special month to strengthen us, to energize us. But now we move into a drab month. Not one festival. What a contrast. Like from the dark to the, from the light to the dark. We desperately need those gifts in the suitcase. We desperately need to unpack it at every turn. But we're not on our own. Never. Hashem is with us. Not only is He setting us up, He's setting us up for success. He's like a personal trainer. He comes with us and he says, I know you're ready now. I know you're ready now for the next level. And we may not want it. It's a challenge. But you know what? Our personal trainer knows what's good for us in body, in mind, in heart, and in soul. And he's constantly with us. He's also a very encouraging personal trainer. We just have to open our eyes and see him. And so let's look at the Parsha that we come from and the Parsha that we'll read this week. First Parsha, Bereshith. What happened? God created a seemingly perfect world with an element of imperfection so that man can choose, so that man could complete creation and make this world a dwelling place for him. But it was very hard. The way God created the world, people started to do a difficult thing, a negative thing, and it was a slippery slope. Good and evil were very, very distinct, and the world was a very black and white place. But humanity, all of humanity was entrusted with this wonderful mission of making this world a dwelling place for Hashem through making good choices in everything. God constantly creates us and everything. And at every moment, there's a choice. Should I rest? Should I run? Should I work? Should I work honestly? Should I speak nicely or even more nicely? Should I prepare for the other? Should I be kind? Should I give? At every moment, should I build or, God forbid, destroy? Humanity had a choice, all of humanity. But then there were the first two people, and they misused the gift and the privilege. And really, humanity after that was launched into a downward spiral. It was a path of increasing moral degeneration until at the end of last week's parsha, it became necessary to destroy and rebuild. It wasn't that Hashem regretted. It was now to take it to the next level. People had had a chance. And the second parsha now is named after, well, the central character, Noah. Noyach, that's this week's parsha. In this week's parsha, we read the account of the great deluge, the great flood. The flood which washed the world clean. There was so much 
depravity and degeneration. People turn their backs on God and their backs on each other. People no longer respected boundaries, limitations. Respect was gone. They indulged in their own pleasures, their own comforts, without looking out for each other. And therefore, Hashem decided that it was time to redirect all of creation. And we'll talk more about that after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is 101.9 Chai FM. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Noyach. It is Erev Shabbos of the second parsha of the Torah. What does Torah mean? Torah means teaching, instruction. You know, you had a moreh or a morah. Your teacher is called moreh, morah, because it's from the same word as Torah, horaah, direction, instruction. And Hashem actually made the Torah before he made the world. And we're told that the Torah is the blueprint for the world. So anything you find in the world, you will find in the Torah. If it's in the Torah, that's the source. There is nothing in science, history, medicine, philosophy that you won't find in the Torah. You need a good teacher. You need a good more or mora, but it's all there. And it was created by infinite God. And we're told that he wrote himself into the Torah. You want to find God? You've got to find him in the Torah. And what does God require of us? To study the Torah and to do his mitzvot. Because the mitzvot are accessible ways of connection with Hashem. In fact, the word mitzvah means connection. And if you really want to connect with God, it's not so much through the philosophy and the theory and the discussion. It's through the practical action. Taking one step at a time. But we were talking about the second parsha. The parsha which comes after man had slipped so low that Hashem decided he needs to destroy and rebuild the world. And the parsha called Noah speaks about the grief that Hashem had, but the decision to do what had to be done. Since creation of the world, people had misused the privilege and the gift. And so... The great flood came. And in truth, the Parsha also connects the beginning of creation to Abraham, the next great hero, Avraham. This now leads to the next Parsha, where we will have a detailed account of this incredible hero who is born at the end of this week's Parsha. There were ten generations from creation, from Adam till Noah. And there were ten generations from Noah to Abraham. 
we're going to talk about a lesson from the parasha in order to help us to make our Tishrei more permanent. Let's look at this. Every single day is like, in a sense, a Rosh Hashanah. Every single morning, it is a brand new beginning. In fact, in the Parsha this week, it speaks about the world that Noah beheld when he came out of the ark. It wasn't a world of chaos, destruction, that you would expect to see after a hurricane, a storm, a flood. We're told it was actually a shiny new world. It was a peaceful world, and it was a softened world. It was a gentler world. It was a world that Hashem had cleansed. It was a world of new opportunity. And every single morning when we wake up, we need to start the day looking at it as if it's a brand new world. It's a new chapter. We mustn't look back. That we did when we said the Shema the night before. The flood teaches us. After the flood, it was fresh. It was new. And we need to hold on to that. Hashem could have made days very, very long, not just 24 hours. But we get a chance to stop and start again. The gift of being tired, the gift of being renewed, the gift of the sun going down and the sun coming up, all of these were reinforced after the flood. And we need to hold on to them because those gifts propel us, encourage us, to be able to achieve on a new page, new chapter. But there is a wonderful teaching as to how we can take the day onwards. We had a year, a new year, and we felt new. But we need protection to preserve that feeling because the world out there this month of Tishrei was beautiful, the palace of the king. But just outside, it's a world that's a bit muddy. There are turbulent waters that threaten to engulf us and to carry us away. We call it the stream of life, Zeremachaim. As mentioned, Hashem predestines and directs the footsteps of man. What are we meant to do? How can we not be overwhelmed by the challenges, by the habits, by the weaknesses, by human frailty? You know, not easy. We are creatures who tend toward jealousy, frustration. We easily become disappointed and disheartened. And then we have these cravings and these weaknesses. We have these desires that take us off course. We have our hopes, we have our dreams, but we have our disappointments and our frailties. And today we have technology, which threatens to engulf us. How can we hope not to drown in the turbulent waters that surround us? And Hashem in the Torah says three words to Noah, and he's saying them to us. Boy el hateva, come into the ark. What's the ark? 
The ark is what saved Noah and his family from the raging flood. Each one of us must create personal arks. Now, the word teva, which is an ark, is also the word for word. And the Baal Shem Tov explains, and the first Lubavitcher Rebbe says, an ark is to enter into the words of prayer and Torah study. Just as Noah and his family were protected by the ark from the raging waters, we will find protection from worldly concerns and from our own weaknesses because they tend to engulf us, drown us, take us off course. If we pray at the beginning of the day, if we say the Modani, that sets the stage for the day. We see in those words that it is Hashem who is creating and recreating and who's with us all the time. He is Melech Chayvakayam, the king who lives and exists. When we say prayers, we remember that Hashem is there creating and recreating and that everything we're going to face in the day, everything's going to be with divine providence. And then we look out for the divine providence. We look out for Hashem and he's there. I have the tools. I have the free choice. The tools are in my suitcase. I need to harness myself. I need to motivate myself. Prayer helps us to recognize that the world could not exist on its own. It's his. And its purpose is that we make it into Hashem's natural home via us. We need to interact with the world. The world is there for us to take and transform. The word for prayer is connection. Connect with him. The word for Torah is insight, teaching. When I start my day with that modani and I call out Melech, king, when I say the Shema, when I make blessings on food, it continuously helps me to be aware, to make conscious choices, to avoid activities that will take me away from my goal. What's my goal? I want to make this world a dwelling place for Hashem. And it helps us. It redirects our thoughts. And when we study the Torah, it refines and uplifts us, not just because it's wise words, but because it's holy words and helps us to focus, to use every moment on this exciting privilege, on this wonderful opportunity to reach the goal. After we pray, after we have such connection, we are orientated. We can begin our day prepared, ready to engage in whatever Hashem brings us. So my day and my world will be encountered without any fear that, God forbid, the raging waters will overwhelm me. What do the raging waters overwhelm me with? With worry, with anxiety, with stress, with distraction. And there's a beautiful story that I want to share. And the story is about a university student who came to the Rebbe. 
And he said, there's so much to talk about in Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam, as many know, is repairing the world. He was a very, very inspired and extremely talented and motivated university student. And he asked the Rebbe, where should I invest my energies? Should I start by improving myself or the world? And the Rebbe said to him, start with yourself, then work on your family, your community, then your city, and then the world. He said, you start with yourself. You be a righteous man. You be the example. I mean, he didn't say all that, but he said, you be a righteous man. You be the person of good character. And there will be a ripple effect on the world. And the student said to the Rebbe, oh, that's a huge undertaking. And what did the Rebbe say to him? He said, let that not stop you. Be the best person you can be. Take it day by day, one step at a time. And then he gave him a beautiful analogy. He said, it's as if there's a basket of fruit suspended from a high ceiling far beyond your reach. However, you have a ladder. Instead of focusing on the magnitude of the task, climb the ladder step by step, and eventually you will reach your goal. Because sometimes in order to succeed, we need to ignore the bigger picture. I'll never be that. I'll never achieve that. My kids are to this, my wife is to that, my husband is to that, I am to that, the world is to that. How in the world do you expect me to change the world? I, I, how am I going to change myself? The challenges around me are way too great. And the answer is step by step. Get up in the morning and say a prayer. And maybe next week you'll say two prayers. Open that door. Wake up in the morning and say, Be conscious that God is standing at your bed and be grateful. I give thanks to you, Melech, King. It's not just on Rosh Hashanah that he's Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. Melech, our Melech is with us. He's Avinu, he's Malkeinu. And he's Chayvakayom. He exists. He's active. He's alive, and he's interacting with us. He returns our soul to us. With great compassion, and gives us many, many chances. Great is your faithfulness. He's not going to give up on us. Let's not give up on him. May it be a beautiful year, a year of great, great growth and achievement for each one of us, our families, our communities, our country, the Holy Land of Israel, and all of God's creation. Candles are lit this evening at 5.55, and Shabbos will be out tomorrow. It's getting later, isn't it? At 6.49. A good Shabbos.